This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. One of the nice things of going away is you get to meet and interact with different people that you usually don't come across. So I was staying last week at a hotel where there was a lot of from people, a big mix of Hasidim and a strong Sephardic uh, presence. You'll see why that's relevant in a few minutes. And we had a minion together. We had the Shachwitz Minchamari together in the hotel. In one of the uh, ballrooms, we had the, all the minyanim. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. Very, very convenient. I happen to think that maybe this is why they always have the summer right before Elul, right before Yom Neroim. Because when else would you have a minion made of Chassidim, Sephardim, and Litvish Jews unless when they're on vacation. So maybe that's why. Because Baruch Hu, Badavka structured the summer this way that we can have all Jews davening together and help us breed Achtas. But definitely something unique. In Kesetari, you end up having it often also. But usually don't have a minion of Sephardim and Chassidim and Litvish Jews. It's like something very nice. But whenever you meet new people, you always hear new things or what I like to call more ignorance that people are just not familiar with. So we'll start off with this. So I was there, the first day I was there was Tuesday. So Tuesday morning they had a chakras. Tuesday morning they had a chakras, very nice. And when chakras got to the tachanun part, so the shliach tzibur skipped tachanun and went straight to ashray. Okay, so I made a face, like a good Litvish Jew. Like, why are we not saying tachanun? So the fellow tells me because it's a Rebbe's yard site, which it happened to have been. Tuesday was the Satman Rebbe's Yosef. And I should have known that, because it's my son's Hebrew birthday. He was my son, my young, my oldest son was born on the Satman Rebbe's Yosef. So I should have known that. So that was my mistake. Good. So, so I give him back. I say, oh, okay, fine. So I told him, so in case someone has to say over some Torah from the Divrei Yael. That no one was offering to say over. No one was going to tell me a shtickle Torah from Rebbe Yael Svarim. I don't know how many of them learned Rebbe Yael Svarim. His Svarim are very complex. His uh, stuff on Chumash is unbelievable. The way he intertwines things, it's, it's fantastic, safer. But then the, the guy who died for the Amid, turns to me after and says, that's not why I didn't say Tachanun. I didn't say Tachanun because there's no Sefer Torah here. So he tells me. I said, okay, why? He said, it says in Shulchan Aruch. I said, it does not say it in Shulchan Aruch. So let's go back. What does it say in Shulchan Aruch? So if you take a look, in Simen Kuf Lamed Al, Sif Beis, there the Ramah brings down a Rekeach. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. The Ramah brings down a Rekeach, where the Rekeach writes that we don't say Nefilas Apayim unless there's an Oren V'Sefer Torah. Now, we discussed what does it mean Oren V'Sefer Torah do you have to have an Oren and a Sefer Torah what happens if you have a Sefer Torah without an Oren or Oren without a Sefer Torah we also mentioned back then that the Shulchan Aruch disagrees the Beis Yosef writes I disagree with this Rekeach I don't think it's true I think you could do Nefil Sapayim wherever you are whether you have a Sefer Torah or not but the Ramah writes we don't do Nefil Sapayim unless you have a Sefer Torah but the Ramah himself writes that just means you don't do this you don't cover your face but you still say the rest of the tefillah. That's what the Ramah himself writes. Now, I figured to myself, maybe there's some chassidish sefer that I missed. So I did a little research. So I figured out like this. First of all, if you look in the more sifre Kabbalah, let's say, for example, if you look in other svarim, they talk a right that accept the practices like the Mechaber, not like the Ramah. To talk to do the fields of pine, even when there is no sefer Torah. They say that's what the Arizal held. Now, we don't usually chassidim like to follow the Arizal's path. The Arizal is quoted. It's not 100% true that this happened, but supposedly the Arizal held that even if there is no Sefer Torah, you go like the Shulchan Aruch, and you still do the Fios without the Sefer Torah. That's the, uh, the opinion of the Chidah as well, and that's the way they bring down from the Arizal. So again, I have not yet seen anyone who says that when there's no Sefer Torah, you skip the whole thing. Either you say it, with regular Nefios which is what the Shulchan Aruch holds, which is what many of the Mekubalim hold, 
And then there's the Ramaz option, which says you just say it without the Nefilah Sapai. So I told the fellow, I, you know, Mechilas Kvoidai, I think that's just not true. Then someone tells me, he tells me he heard that Rav Moshe held like that. That Rav Moshe held that when there's no Seva Torah, you skip the Tachem. I told the fellow, I don't know, that seems to be a very, very big Chiddush to me. Because I did not find it anywhere quoted in the of Moshe. And any of the, obviously it's not an Igris Moshe. Uh, we, we actually spoke about an Igris Moshe where Moshe talks about the minute that in Yerushalayim they do not feel Sapayim even without a Sefer Torah. We, we discussed that. I did not come across in all three volumes of Mitzoyeris Moshe where Rabbi Kemmer writes where Moshe's practices. I did not come across that either. So I personally find that very hard to believe. But the fellow told me. He said he's friends with a grandson of uh, Reb Ruven or Reb David. And they said that's what Reb Moshe helped. Okay, if he holds, he holds. Who am I to argue? But it's definitely not the accepted practice, as far as I know, to completely skip the, the whole tachanun when there's no sevetayr. On top of it, there's a machoikis achreinim. What happens if there's svarim in the room? We spoke about this also. Let's say there's svarim in the room, but no sevetayr. Let's say there'd be no R in here, but we have svarim in the back. So it happens to be there are many people who brought svarim with them to the makeshift avenue. Because the place can write, the says, a sinner doesn't count. Because a sin is not made to learn from. But a lot of people, I was actually very impressed, a lot of people brought their Gemara with them, they're doing daf, they're doing this, that, and the other. So there were Svarim on the table. So first of all, that's the Machoikas Achroinim, if there's Svarim in the room, can you do the Fils The Mishnah Brewer brings down two opinions, he doesn't pick sides, he just quotes both opinions. But many Achroinim held, Chassam Seifer held this way, Chazanish held this way, many Paiskim hold Allah said that if there's Svarim in the room, Yitaki could do nefilas apayim, regular nefilas apayim, even though there is no sefer Torah. Some achrayim have a kasha. Why is a mezuzah not good enough? Okay, but the accepted assumption is that mezuzah is not good enough. Even a sitter is not good enough. You'd have to have a sefer which is asuila islami. It's meant to learn from. So I thought that would be another sniffle huckle to why you shouldn't say, why you could probably even get away with doing nefilas apayim. We mentioned before that uh, Rabbi Salvechik was of the opinion that he would do Nafil Sapayim when there was no Sefer Torah like the Shulchan Aruch. So I couldn't come up with a very good justification to why this guy skipped Tachanun just because there was no Sefer Torah. The Divrei Yael's yard site was at least a better reason in my opinion. Now I found the true from the Divrei Yatsif. The Divrei Yatsif was the Klozenberger Rebbe. Klozenberger Rebbe writes something very beautiful. He says, we know Tachanun is Rishos, which is why it's often skipped for not always the best of reasons, because it's a rishos. So he writes, it's not Kedah to fight over these things. He says, what's going to happen? You're going to fight over yet Tachanun or Tachanun. The whole Tachanun is only rishos. So you're going to say Lashon Hara, you're going to make fun of someone, you're going to cause a fight. Why? It's not worth it. It's not worth it, so just give in. So I thought that was a very good idea from the Divriyatza. When it comes to Tachanun, don't fight it, go along with him. Again, it didn't, it didn't break out into a brawl in the, in, the, in the room. It was just pointing out that I'm not sure where this fellow got that information from. I thought perhaps he was making a mistake. That was one, that was one tefillah. Then we had Mincha later that day, and a guy, uh, a Svadish guy says, I'm not saying Tachanam. Why? Because it was after Shkia. Not saying Tachanam. Now the only problem was, it wasn't after Shkia. Because he didn't know the Shkia in Lancaster was a little later than the Shkia was in other parts. It wasn't after Shkia. But let's him Tim Soloimar say he was right. What's this idea? I'm not saying Tachanun because it's after the Shkia. Where does this fellow come from? So this guy's not as bad as the first guy. This guy has a little bit of what to stand on. Now, I told you he was Svarik. Why is that important? Because if you look in Shulchan Aruch, the next halach in Shulchan Aruch, Kuf Lam and Alav Siv Gimel, writes the Mechaber, We don't do Nefil Sapayim at night, but But in the early morning, when it still might be dark, this is very negative to Slichas, we'll have to talk about this, we do do Tachna. Because it's close to daybreak. So what happens if it's Bein Hashmashas? 
Again, the case was, even in his warped world, where he thought it was after Shkia, it was still being Hashemashas. It wasn't 10 o'clock at night. It was maybe a minute or two after Shkia, which L'chol Hashitas is deemed to be Hashemashas. So when the Shulchan Aruch says, we don't do Tachron Belayla. What's Layla? Does Layla mean 10 o'clock at night? Or does Layla mean even Ben Hashemashas? So that seems to be a Machloik is Magen Avram and Taz. Seems to be Machloik is Magen Avram and Taz. What do you do with Ben Hashemashas? Now, why don't we say Tachron Belayla? So we know, the Mepharshim explained, because Tachron is, uh, Layla is Din. Layla is always a negative time, which is why we don't blow Shafer Belayla. And Tachron needs to be during non-Din time, so the two can't come together. Fine. What about Ben Hashemashas? So the Taz writes, only be, the only Laila Vadai, but Bein Hashemoshes, you are allowed to recite the Tachanun, and the Magen Avram disagrees. The Magen Avram says, no, even Bein Hashemoshes, you're not allowed to say Tachanun. So the Taka, a legitimate Machloik is Taz and Magen Avram. Now the truth is, normally, when the Magen Avram and the Taz are in a disagreement, we usually go like the Magen Avram. Here, we go like the Taz. Why? I'm not sure. But if you look in the Mishtabrura, Archa Shulchan, the Nesivas, all the classical G'dayle Achreinim of the last 200 years, they all assume that we Paskin like the Taz, not like the Magen Avram, which means that we do say Tachanun after Bein Hashemoshes. So let's say, for example, if we were to say Tachanun here by Mincha, which we don't, and it would say we'd run a little bit after the Shkia, we would still say the Tachanun, even though it's after the Shkia. Now, that's Us Ashkenazim. So I can't come to a Svarity and tell him what the Mishnah says. So I got to tell him what Chacham says. So what does Chacham Uvajitaka say? So Rebbe Sef has a tshuva about this in Yechavadas. He writes in Yechavadas that for sure within nine and a half minutes after the Shkia, you definitely should say Tachem. He has a host to go tell you. This is another classical thing you see in Rebbe Vajit's tshuvas. He calls it a Svek Svek. What's the Svek Svek? Because Rebbe found Paiskim, he found Rishonim, that Taka hold, you do say Tachem even Belayla. Even though Shulchan Aruch says you don't, Rebbe Vajra, Kedaki HaKadosh, he found Rishonim, he found maybe even Goinim, he found early sources that you do say Tachanum Balayim. So says Rebbe Vajra, so after the Shkia is a Svek Svek. Why? Suffolk, maybe you do say Tachanum at night, and maybe even if you don't say Tachanum at night, maybe it's not night time. It's Ben Hashemoshes. So Rebbe Vajra paskins clearly that you do say Tachanum within at least nine and a half minutes after the Shkia. So first of all, if he's, uh, again, I'm not saying all Svarim have to follow Rebbe Vajra. That's something you got to speak to your local Svardi to figure out who they passed it. But the truth is, the Svardish Shapoiskim, like the Benish Chai, writes, no, no Tachnun after the Shkir. So it could be this fellow was the Benish Chai Chassid, and he follows the Benish Chai, and that's what the Benish Chai writes. The Benish Chai Taka writes that there is no Tachnun after the Shkir. But Rebbe Vajir disagrees. Rebbe Vajir writes, Allah Chalamaisa, you could say Tachnun. So I don't know if he was a Benish Chainik. Now, Rebbe Vajir discusses the Benish Chai, he disagrees with him. He thinks it's not true. He thinks you could say Tachnun after the Shkir. So, Halach Lamaisa, this guy is not so off, but for Ashkenazim, the majority of the Ashkenazic Rabbanim hold, you could say Tachron after, after the Shkia within the Bein Hashemosh. The Munkach Rebbe writes in his Sefer that the reason why they never say Tachron by Mincha and Munkach was because they always used to dive Mincha so late that Mincha used to end not after Shkia. Mincha used to end by Tseis. And you can't say Tachron by Laila. So he says that's why the Minnach was they never said Tachron by Mincha. Okay, interesting. Time slot of when they used to dab. Now the truth is, both Rib Shloim Zalman and Rib Yashiv both write, Minigi Rishalayim is we don't say Tachanun after the Shkir. It's Minigi Rishalayim, it's not Minigi New York, it's Minigi Rishalayim. And Rib Yashiv and Rib Shloim Zalman both said because Chamira Sakanta Meyasura, meaning saying Shkir after, saying Tachanun after Shkir is some form of danger, it's not good, it's not, it's Midas Adin, it's not Midas Arachman, and therefore we don't take any chances. So even though the Mr. Buru Paskins like the Taz that you could, but I saw quoted both from Rabbi Shlomo Zalman and from Rabbi Yashiv 
that at least in Yerushalayim, don't say anything about New York, but Minig Yerushalayim is talking not to say. So maybe this fellow was thinking about Minig Yerushalayim. Then I found a tshuva from a rov in Argentina. When Argentina, they have a better minute. They don't say Tachlan after Plag HaMincha. They don't say Tachlan after Plag HaMincha, which is basically any shul that Davis Mincha before Shkia is never saying Tachlan, because it's after Plag HaMincha. So I saw they tried to be miyash at this minute, not to say Tachlan after Plag HaMincha. That's already a much bigger stretch. But I saw such a minute quoted by a tshuva written from a rov in Argentina. The other thing that I, that I, I found interesting, that is always a problem when you go to a makeshift minion, and we mentioned this in the Halacha a few weeks ago, that Reb Chaim Kinevsky writes that when you're supposed to wait for Roy Tzibu to start the Chazar Shashatz, not just 10 people. A lot of times you have a makeshift minion, so you have 50 people in the room, so once you hit 10, they start. Reb Chaim Kinevsky writes, that's not correct. You're supposed to wait for Roy Tzibur. Since the Shlech Tzibur is a representative of the Tzibur, you shouldn't wait for one small fraction of the Tzibur, you should wait for the entire Tzibur. So it's more correct to wait for Roy. So you got to count how many people in the room, and then when you have a majority of them finish Manesrei, then you should talk start uh, the Shmanesrei. The other two shilohs that wasn't the gate to davening that comes up when you're on vacation is punk this hotel. I don't know why they didn't want to give the glass cups; they only give you the plastic cups. So the shilohs washing for either negelvas or for bread with plastic cups, not glass cups. So that's a shiloh we mentioned before, a famous chuva from Rav Moshe. Rav Moshe was talking about using it for kiddush. Rav Moshe held lechatchila. You should not use sturdy plastic for kiddush or koshel bracha. You should really use something that's uh, a glass or a metal. But many achreinim, first of all, even Rav Moshe himself is noted that if you have nothing else, you could use plastic. And many Achorinim say, yeah, that was talking about Kershal Bracha. Here we're talking about just for washing your hands, you could definitely be somewhat makeup, and therefore you can use a, a sturdy non, it doesn't fall apart, it has to still be able to hold the water, you could use that to wash your hands also. And the other thing I still don't know, is that my, uh, my wife and my daughter both told me, they learned in school, that when you go swimming, you have to wash Nagovasa after. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know where that comes from. If you look in Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch gives you a list of when you have to wash your hands after you go to the cemetery, you come in contact with a mace, with a rabbi, Dalramis, a haircut, nail cutting, Beis HaMerchatz. Why is swimming called the Beis HaMerchatz? I don't understand. I don't know where this comes from. But my wife, both, they went to the same school, Beis HaKavah Queens, they both learned the same halacha, and I don't know where it comes from. So maybe someone could let me know where does it say somewhere in Shulchan Aruch that I'm missing, that when you go swimming, you have to. And that's the only thing I can think of is because when you take a shower, you're supposed to wash your hands. Because there you take a touch. So I guess the assumption is when you go swimming, you touch parts of your body that are covered. You don't have to touch Mark and Mary just because you got... I'm saying, Lafiz, every single time you get dressed and undressed, you wash your hands. I don't know if people do that. Again, but it's not swimming. The point is... So again, I just thought, because once you're... Again, you go swimming, you generally have less clothing on. So if you have less clothing on, so then you talk, I might touch something. Rather, when the women go swimming, they, they're all fully dressed. They're very, they, you know, they, they have to be tzniyas. So then they talk more dressed than they are when they're walking in the street. I don't see why they should have to wash their hands. But okay, tzarechiyin by me where this halacha comes from. Again, anytime you touch something, you might have to wash your hands. But I'm not sure where it says somewhere. Someone told me it's an offshoot of Beis HaMerchatz. But Beis HaMerchatz, they used to walk around naked. It had to do with uh, something else. But okay, I'm not sure. But this is the Kabbalah I had. Everyone was telling me. Yeah, the, everyone had to wash their hands after they went. So I don't go swimming, so it's not an issue for me. But it was, it was a big deal. Everyone had to wash their hands before uh, they finished this. After they, after they went swimming. I'm not sure where exactly that halacha actually originates from. Okay. Sure. 